and welcome to another episode of The Clever Kids. This is a weekly podcast where three brothers take a look at a topic from popular culture that you may or may not care about. My name is Tyler. Hey, I'm Brian. And this is Jeff here. All right. And there was a little bit of a pause, but it was like really small. <laughs> um, today we are talking about a new Viking epic, The Northman. Uh, the Northman? The North Man. I don't, I'm not sure how to North pronounce Maine. it. North Main. North Main. That's Gucci Main's cousin. That's correct. From the um, North. Yeah. So, um, this movie was directed by Robert Eggers, um, starring Alexander Skarsgård, uh, Anya Taylor-Joy, Willem Dafoe, Ethan Hawke, Nicole Kidman, Klaus Bang. And those are all the actors I think that I recognized. Um, did you say Nicole Kidman? I did say Nicole Kidman. That is correct. I did say her. Um, everybody else I think was like like was probably like Icelandic or Swedish or Norwegian. Um, I think I said this was already already, but it, directed by Robert Eggers, based on a script by Robert Eggers and Sion, which is um, an Icelandic writer. Uh, this is based on a, an Icelandic folktale or a, a Viking folktale, really, or legend, um, which serves as the basis for Shakespeare's Hamlet um, and follows similar pathway. They definitely change a lot. It's Robert Eggers. He's known for The Witch, which is a sort of uh, Salem Witch Trials era witch story. Um Starring Anya Taylor-Joy and then also The Lighthouse, which was with Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe. Basically just a two, well, no, actually just a two-hander, just the two of them going crazy for about two and a half hours. Um, had either of you guys seen any of his movies before? I haven't seen no. those two movies. Um, if those are the okay. two things that he's done, then no. Okay, yeah, those are his two, well, those are his two major features that you would have seen um he's done like some shorts and some other like smaller work but um those are the two big like studio releases um he's really known for mood setting um it's very slow methodical um beautiful like really good cinematography he always works with very talented cinematographers he has a very good eye for that kind of thing um but yeah, so we'll, we're just gonna we're gonna get right into it. But before we get into spoilers, we're gonna do as we usually do, just like a really quick sort of how you felt and would you recommend the movie? And I'm gonna start with Jeffrey. Yeah, I recommend. I uh, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously we're gonna talk about it a lot, but no, it was, it was very fun. Um, I was not expecting the. Uh, fuck it. Go on to the next person. You just want to jump right into spoilers. I wasn't. Well, I was thinking this is a non-spoiler thing, but I was like, well, actually, if anyone, then then they will have spoiled it. So, uh, yeah. Okay, Brian, did you have any any thoughts? Yeah, the only thing I, the only real takeaway I had above any other was, um, I got everything I wanted. I think I. It's kind of the same thing as uh, when I go see a. Um, Pacific Rim type movie where I'm like I'm going to see giant robots fight monsters. This one I was like I'm going to see um, a giant Norse man Viking 
just wreck people in battle and just kind of have this like crazy revengeance kick and and i'm also looking for scenic views of of the north you know northern countries that they reside in scandinavia and apparently iceland and and things like that so i was like hey i got everything i wanted out of that i I definitely have some knocks but i definitely had some some huge uh positive takeaways as well so I i was pretty happy yeah um yeah there's there's not a lot to spoil in this movie i'll say like if you watch the trailer, you kind of know exactly what's going to happen um, and how it's all going to unfold. Um, I will say, as I oh, I think I say every week, this movie was way too long. I think that there was like 15 minutes easily could have been cut out. Obviously, you, you would have missed. spoiled by the series that are out now. I think you just prefer that format because you're right. You do say this about every movie. I just think that a movie can be two hours long. I think like two hours. Remember when Lord of the Rings came out? Like the two towers and and fifteen minutes. Two hours and twenty five. Lord of the Rings came out and it was like two hours and fifteen minutes, and everybody like lost their minds. And I remember being like, "I like long movies." And now, as an adult, I'm like, ninety minutes, man. Just give me an hour and a half of just like action packed. Just keep it moving. Let's get going and let me get out of here. Let me get through this. so I um, anyway, just like Brian and Jeff said, um, I will I would recommend this movie if you're into that sort of blood soaked, hyper masculine, violent action revenge tale. Um, this one has um, a little bit more of a heart to it, but still, it's very, very masculine. Um, it's uh I mean, it's Norse, you know, it's Norse. So it's like based on the Norse tradition. It's based on their religion, you know, very steeped in Norse religion. Um, and it's a religion just soaked in blood. So you should know that before you go into this movie for sure. Um, let's just jump right into spoilers. Um, who has the first hot take to to uh, to talk about here? Brian? Hot take, hot take. Um did you like have any like any moments or thoughts or anything that, that you wanted to specifically yeah. mention? I yeah, shout out to Skarsgård, the main character, for uh, fully committing to that to the role because he was jacked as shit. Yeah, that I mean, was literally was the first humongous. thing that I had a fun note too. The is, older holy I get, fuck, he's big. <laughs> yeah, the older I get, and the more that I um, like try to stave off having a beer belly and getting out of shape and getting old like like i appreciate when an actor really commits to like building their body to fit the role i have always felt that way about chris hemsworth with thor where like he talks about it in between roles where he's like dude i don't want to be that big it's miserable trying to maintain that mass you know and like he does it for thor and when oh, you see him outside of the that thor new roles, trailer sorry <laughs> Did you see that new trailer for Thor yet? Yeah, where he's like working with the chains. And Holy shit. fuck, he's big in this one. Yeah. <laughs> he is massive yeah, in and this so, one. So like I, I really anyway. appreciate when they do that for a role where it calls for it because Thor, like you need to be big, bro. You know, like you need to be I'm sure Natalie Portman in the quick shot we got looked great. You know, like and I'm like, Ripped. thank you. I really yeah. appreciate it because now I can believe that you can do the things that you do. And the same thing with Scarsgord, like he was just like you know, this dude that was just so bent on revenge and so single-minded in his focus that, like, all he does is fight, eat, and sleep. Like, yeah, I expect you to be the biggest, baddest savage around, and that's exactly what he was. So I really appreciated um, the effort he put into bringing that to the role because, my God, he was a moose. 
walking around. Yeah, he, it was fun to watch. He is absolutely massive in this movie. Uh, he was absolutely massive for Tarzan as well. Um, yeah. That man can get big. He is the only person I've ever seen who literally has like an eight pack. It's it's incredible. Um, yeah, he's gigantic. Yeah. Jeff, did you want to just like talk about how hot Alexander Skarsgård is? <laughs> Very hot. Um, and that hair, yeah. dude. Oh my god, super hot. Yeah, what a, what a handsome man. There's, um, a, there's a scene where he throws a spear and his butt clenches. No, uh, there's a scene where <laughs> someone throws a spear at him and he catches it and then <laughs> drills was, the dude from. Yeah, up. that oh, turns man. around and drills the dude. So that was a that, great shot. It's uh, in the trailer. That that shot is in the trailer, so I knew it was coming. But I still was like, "Wow, that was that looked great. That, that looked a, really that cool. was impressive." Yeah. Um, I will say I made a joke about Alexander Skarsgård kind of like losing his fame um, because he was just in like a series of like really bad movies and like TV series and stuff like that. That I kind of was like, he's going in a weird direction with his career. Um, I mean, he's Swedish. He is. Uh, Stellan Skarsgård's son. I don't, did you guys know that? Yes. Stellan Skarsgård from the Thor movies. We've talked about that on podcast before. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, so I think maybe he just has like a different understanding of fame. You know what I mean? I think he's just like, I'll just take roles that sound interesting in, to me. If they're in TV, that's fine. If they're in movies, that's fine. And so he kind of has confused me with his career path because he's not following like a traditional American actor's career path, you know? Um, this movie is a return to form for him. Uh I don't like most of his movies, if I'm honest. Like I like most of his big starring vehicles. I mean, the one that I like the most is probably Godzilla vs Kong, and it's not because of him, you know. <laughs> I didn't, and I didn't, you know, that movie was fun, but is, it wasn't. Is a, he uh, good. is he Kong in that movie? No, he's just a human in it. <laughs> oh, I get it. <laughs> I just really committed, you know, like how hard he commits. So I, he looked great as Kong. <laughs> he's six four. Um, but I will say, I think that he did a really good job in this movie. Like, I thought he was really good um, acting-wise. I think he, he pulled well, off the in the, the character played to his strengths, right? He didn't need to talk a whole lot. Like, and then, I'm not trying to say he can't deliver a line, but, like, he's definitely a little bit more of, like, the gruff, like, not super wordy guy. I mean, that's how he played the Tarzan character, too. He's just not super wordy and, you know. He's going to uh, stand there shirtless for most of it, and we're all good. Yeah, we're all happy about he's it. He's definitely just like an action guy, but he can deliver a quirky smile and, you know, whatever. Like this this role just played to that strength. I thought he fit it perfect. Yeah. What did you what did you guys think of like the the overall like the plot of the movie and how it all unfolded? Like the revenge tale aspect of it. How did you guys Jeff? Yeah. Um I mean I thought it was good. I thought it was a strange shift to, so I mean, like I, I've been watching a lot of, you know, Viking culture in the last, I don't know, year or so. I mean, I watched the, that, uh, I've been talking about it on podcast. I watched the Vinland saga, which is about a boy who watches his father get murdered and goes on a revenge plot by joining the Vikings that murdered his father and being raised by them all while trying to continuously murder their leader. Um, and obviously there's the whole, um, uh, Vikings TV show that I've talked about watching on Netflix with with uh, Leif Erikson. Anyway, um, I appreciate. Yeah, it's it. like a weird focus on Vikings in just our in our in just like our global consciousness, right? Like because the newest Assassin Creed mm-hmm. was based on Vikings, the newest God of War was based on Vikings. Like, there's that that game I recommended a couple months back, um, Hellblade: Senua's Sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a Viking. Uh, game which was really awesome 
um, there's a lot of Viking stuff, but it's been going on around. And as, as three students of mythology, as we all are, um, it's awesome. But yep. I, I did kind of wonder about it because there is this weird return to, um, paganism that's being co-opted by the the far right um specifically there's some hate groups that are true like really 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 tied to um to viking mythology and norse mythology um and it's hard to not be aware of them if you look into um neo-paganism or anything like that like just if you just have like a casual interest in it so that means that robert eggers the director would have been extremely aware of it um while the film during the filming of this movie and then he created a movie that could basically be co-opted by them as like their story you know and i just i found that really interesting to do like as a choice in this day and age um i'm not necessarily calling calling out robert eggers as like a far-right figure or anything like that it's just I don't know. I just, I feel like maybe these, I don't know. I just, anything can be co-opted. I don't know why I'm bringing it up. I guess it's just been stuck in my head. Can you define co-opted? Co-opted is to be like, uh, uh, (laughs) fine. (laughs) I don't know if I can, I can come up with a definition, I guess. Um, I just mean like, just break it down a little more simple. Don't just assume that everyone knows exactly what that means. Sure. So, um, uh, uh, just a simple uh, example of co-opted is the way that the QAnon people have taken on the term red-pilled from a Matrix. movie written by trans women <laughs> um, and as like a their eyes were open to the reality of the world and everybody else in the world is just taking the blue pill and just going around with yep. their blinders on. Right? Same thing so with- co-opted would be like taking something from something else and making it your own same thing with the concept of snowflake brian if you if you've ever heard the term snowflake or understand where it's from but it's it's a a term commonly used by masculine uh men of the uh right wing of the far right and it's basically used to describe uh liberals or democrats yeah but what was that co-opted from it's co-opted from fight club it's the line it's, it's the line from uh, uh, Fight Club and Brad Pitt says you are not your own unique special little snowflake oh fuck I didn't know that I thought it was <laughs> Olaf dude I'm getting confused no yeah anyway I just I just watching the movie like and being so painfully aware of that stuff it was just in the back of my head I was just like this movie is gonna get taken like we're just gonna see all these people being like oh, I'm the North man and it's just gonna make this movie suck for no, me they're, what they're gonna do is they're gonna get in the loincloths get around campfires and then howl like wolves. So I will say this though, like people in general just suck. Like (laughs) (laughs) because people, people people who suck are going to suck, right? Like Rick and Morty is a great show, but Rick and Morty's got one of the worst fan bases out there. It's not because Rick and Morty creates that fan base, but shitty people happen to enjoy this thing and go out and be shitty in the name of this thing. Yeah. Right. Like them going out there fucking rioting at McDonald's because Fucking the, the writers decided to write a shitty 1997 McDonald's joke into their show is fucking insane, and yeah. the writers can't be held accountable for that. It's the the people who are shitty. Yeah, it's the idiots on the internet. Yeah, it, it's it, that's exactly right, and it is Rick and Morty that I think has skewed this for me. Is that it's like I'm so painfully aware how shitty every like fandom is, and like the how people like just associate their identities with particular aspects of popular culture that they seem to think 
represent them as a whole when really they're just some like dude who lives at, with their parents still or whatever. Um, it's just, it's upsetting, man. It's just, I, I guess it's just like, I'm not calling out Robert Eggers as like a right wing figure or anything like that. I just, I was, I think I'm just so aware of people taking things that don't belong to them and making them about them and then ruining it for me you because mean like, like Rick and Morty kind of like for like I think I've said like the last two seasons I'm like I'm not looking forward to it anymore because there's going to be more random Rick and Morty memes from fucking people like lame asses on the internet like I'm sick of it yeah the, the first there is this example of this if for anyone that's it's still not hitting home like it's when like the right took the beloved um, main person on that show, The Apprentice, and then like put them at the head of their party, and and then voted them into office. So this movie, <laughs> <laughs> that, that joke. <laughs> um, I was like, I will sit here for ten minutes in silence. Like some this will movie, uh, use it. I so. I think I've said this before. My wife and I went to Iceland on our honeymoon and we uh, were blown away by the vistas and everything like that. Um, it's it's one of those hack things of anybody who's been to Iceland will always say you need to go. It's absolutely incredible. This movie has some really beautiful um, landscapes and really long shots. Um but most of this movie is actually filmed in Ireland, uh, I found out, which I was kind of like, while I was watching, it was like, this looks like Iceland, but they're not like showing all the cool spots in Iceland. I'm, I'm, I'm wondering why. And then uh, I found out that it's because they didn't, they barely filmed in Iceland. They filmed like two beaches, like the black, like black sand beach scenes. Um, they filmed uh, that boat scene where you can see the coastline in the distance, I think. And then like, they filmed at the Iceberg Lagoon, which is one one area in Iceland um, that's really famous. And then that that was it. Um, that was all of Iceland. Everything else was in Ireland, uh, which I found very interesting. But whatever. Um, what did you guys think of uh, the scenery and like the cinematography in this movie? I had flashbacks to film that we all talked about last year called The Green Knight. I reminded me a lot of the Green Knight kind of visuals and even the score too of using kind of that classic uh, choir type um, vocals over instrumentals um, yeah. was definitely. I, I just watched the Green Light Green Knight earlier this week. Movie still holds up, fantastic. Uh, in fact, this film reminds me of the Green Knight in a lot of ways, except for the Green Knight is completely devoid of action, and this movie is fucking full of it. Uh, yeah, yeah, Brian. Yeah, I'm going to Iceland in uh, in June, so I was very, very uh, pleasantly surprised when all of a sudden the guy's like, oh, yes, he went to Iceland to escape the king that took his place. I was like, hell yeah, let's go to Iceland, baby. Like, I need to see it. Like, To be clear, that was supposed to be like a Norse accent. I'm not quite sure Swedish or Norwegian or Icelandic, but um, just, yeah, just getting out there. I did a good job. So anyway... Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so for me, I was like, hell yeah, like, show me how to run around with a wolf pelt and nothing else, and I'll, I'll do it. Like, I, you know, show me where you did that, and I'll join you. Um, because I was I was really enjoying the scenic views, um, the little glacier lagoon. I know you, like, bumped me while we were there together, and we're like, you got to go check that out. That, that spot's super sick, and things like that. I was, I was really enjoying it for that aspect. It was making me get hyped, uh, making me get hyped for my trip. So um, I, I thought it was gorgeous, and, and uh, I, I wanted more of it. So yeah. can, can we 
Can we talk about that moment for a second? Because you kind of glanced over one of my favorite parts of the film, which is this guy, he watches his whole life get destroyed. He runs away and he gets raised by this other kind of Viking y'all and becomes this kind of berserker and this like feral clan of people that are basically like consider themselves werewolves. Uh, Mm -hmm. Excellent, excellent fight scenes. He finds out through like through the grapevine in this weird conversation that his uncle's still alive and lives in Iceland. And like 15 seconds later, he takes a slave brand and brands himself, cuts his hair and jumps toward a fucking Viking, but like turns himself into a slave with no hesitation. Oh yeah. Like completely had forgotten all about his quest of vengeance for like 20 years and turns around and just, Oh, what's that? (laughs) Well, a witch set him on his path as often happens in, in legends and stories, right? They tell him, okay, now is the time. You're ready. And he's like, all right, let's do this shit. I'm ready to become a slave and brand myself. There is some unflinching brutality in this movie for sure. Um, some really great action tracking shots, like long one take action scenes, um, which was really cool. Um, but yeah, the, as far as like a plot development story goes, like, yeah, it's, it, you know, it's a legend, right? It's based on a legend. So those... they always have those quick switches and shit ramps up real quick. I, I uh, compared the cinematography in this film to like 1917 to an, to an extent where 1917, I think did it better and did it more, uh, used it more effectively. But during the combat scene specifically, there was a lot of long tracking shots that were all mm-hmm. one take that you know, use the same kind of motion in the background and following different characters and, and using the different sets to really, really bring home the setting, the scenery, and, and really use all of the space to its, its fullest effectiveness. Yeah, for sure. Um, right. So what did you guys think of like Ethan Hawke and uh, Nicole Kidman in this movie? I feel like I can't get away from Ethan Hawke right now. You know, I'm watching Moon Knight mm. in in this, and I'm like, "Hey, dude, how you been?" <laughs> <laughs> you know, like when was the last time I saw him in something? I can't even can't even name it. Uh, yeah, that's was, a good question. I can't. Was he I can't... in the first um... Sherlock Holmes? What? what? He was in Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. No, that's not Ethan Hawke, Jeff. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Who? Yes, it is. Who? I promise you it's he, not. I Sherlock? promise you it is. Sherlock Holmes for sure has Ethan Hawke in it. No, he it it's not. What character he, is he, Jeff? It's he's uh it's not it, I swear to god it is. He I No, swear, I promise you. I, I promise know exactly you it is. which person you're looking at. No, it's Oh my god, Hawk. just let him explain it. Who? He's one of the uh guys in the in the secret order who is um serving Lord Blackstone. He's he's one of the people that uh he's the one who's trying to shoot Sherlock Holmes and Sherlock Holmes like clogs the chimney and fills the room full of smoke it's not ethan hawk i promise that seems you. like a very minor role for someone like it that. is it that's is. also so long ago bro Sherlock Holmes came out in like 2009 that was not the last time i we am saw looking ethan right now 2000 what nine yeah okay i'm gonna have to call oh magnificent seven he was in that yes he was he plays the guy with the with the ptsd way before that got diagnosed Sherlock Holmes isn't. I mean, sorry, Ethan Hawke is not in this movie. Darn. I, you, is there a dude yeah. that looks exactly like Ethan Hawke? It's a guy that looks a lot like Ethan Hawke. I definitely like enough that like when I was two thousand nine, he's. But I cannot find the person. He plays no Godzilla Junior in an episode of Robot Chicken. Oh, sick. Um. Okay. <laughs> like what a weird credit. Anyway. Uh. Um, yeah. So point point to that is. Uh. 
hey, Ethan Hawke, good to see you. Uh, yeah. Little resurgence for that guy. Uh, I thought he was good in his role. It wasn't a huge role, but uh, no, really yeah, small. I mean, this movie is basically just Alexander Skarsgård and Anya Taylor Joy, and most, and even Anya Taylor Joy has like a really small part. Um, it's mainly just Alexander Skarsgård going around doing shit and talking to people. Um, Nicole Kidman has like four speaking por- points in the movie. Um, I bet she filmed all of her set, all of her bits in like two days, three days, maybe. Um, Ethan Hawke, maybe a couple days. Klaus Bang, uh, even even less, maybe. Like he barely. Um, yeah, they're just the 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 big names in this cast do good jobs with what they're given, but they're not given a lot to do. Which I'm sure they were like, oh, I could be in this like kind of up and coming prestige director's film and barely be on set. Like, yeah, sure, I'll do that. I'll fly out to Ireland for a couple of days and film a couple of shit, make a mill, and uh, fly back to LA and party. Um, I thought that that was interesting for sure. Um, Anya Taylor Joy. Any thoughts on Anya Taylor Joy? She's been she was her Robert Eggers kind of made her famous in a way by casting her as the main character in The Witch, um, and that kind of kickstarted her career. So um, I think that her, the two of them will be you know continuing to work together going forward. Um, what did you guys think of her in this movie, Jeff? Um, I thought she was fine. I I thought she was okay. Um... I didn't see a lot from her. She's not in the film for very much, uh, but I thought the parts that she did have were good. I mean, she's gorgeous, and I thought she performed well, but um, could have used more. She, yeah. I just saw her in something else. I'm was trying it, to find it quickly, but was it that she, that that London film or whatever? Yeah, the, last the night time? in Soho. Last did you watch that? No, I Queen's I can't. Gambit. Maybe it's just I saw a trailer for Queen's Gambit. I thought it was something else, but um, she pops on screen for me, and it's not a, just a prettiness thing. It like she stands out. I think she does a good job of just um, like she being, has like a confidence about being, her yeah, something. being expressive without overexpressing. Like it, it, like that's the best way I think I can put it. Like like I'm I'm always getting something from her even when she's not delivering anything overly in a in a scene, and I just. I don't know. Like I, I find her um, riveting to watch when she's, you know, doing her thing. I think she's a good actress. So um, looking forward yeah. to seeing her her career continue. There's something about her. She, I mean, there's something about her in that she's very beautiful. Yes. Or get getting past that though. Like there is something about her that like you want. Like you just, I don't know. She has like a gravitational effect or something when she's on screen. She I, pops for me. too. Like, Some people yeah, just she pop just on she really works. And like, I don't even know that it's like. I do think that she's a good actress, but like, you know, I haven't really seen her do a lot. I don't. I don't really know. Like, I, as far as like her performances go, they're all pretty much just like confident young women, uh, except for in uh, Glass and Split. She's kind of like a scared girl or whatever, but that's early in her career. Um, and in the witch, she's she's good, but she's really young. Um, I just I guess I want like I want to see her have more range someday. Well, like I, mean, I want them to so, give her so some early stuff. in her career. Her earliest credit is twenty fourteen. Yeah, so yeah. she's still got. She's a really lot young. Of she's got a lot to do. Yeah, for sure. I just I, I want to see her branch out and do like kind of maybe bigger performances or you know more like emotionally driven performances. There's a scene in this movie where. Um, uh, 
her name is Olga in this. She's base. She's the basis for Ophelia in the Hamlet uh, story. Um, she and Amleth get on a ship to leave Iceland and run away together. Um, really easy for slaves to escape in this society. Don't know how they keep any slaves. Don't understand how that's working for them because these two just kind of like walk away and are good. Um, they uh, they get on a boat. And the boat barely leaves shore. Alexander Skarsgård licks some blood off of her neck. And then is like, oh, my baby's inside you? I gotta go. Jumps off the boat, gives the guy some money to take her to wherever the fuck. And then she starts screaming and then causes the wind to go. And there are just random Vikings on that boat just watching this 10-minute exchange take place. And it is the weirdest day they've ever had in their entire their entire existences. It made Brian and I laugh pretty hard in the theater because we just both started like thinking of like those guys who were standing there and being like, "What the fuck just happened?" Bizarre scene in the movie. I the, the, I don't have very many criticisms of this movie. I think overall it gave me what I wanted, like I said in the beginning. But this one scene I felt like should have just been written differently. It was weird. And like yeah, and for for him to be on this lifetime of vengeance kick just picturing this like putting yourself in his shoes he's just on this lifetime of vengeance kick then he meets her and she kind of changes things and he gets a little bit of his revenge and then he's like cool like i want to be with you i want to leave i need to get away from my revenge arc and they get on the boat and the moment he's like wait you're pregnant never mind i need to get back on my revenge arc and i'm like i don't understand like like you're the logic that they offer us is that the guy will never let him have children and not like come attack him and I'm like, why would that guy give a shit? He's like some weak leader in Iceland. Why would he sail all the way across the ocean to kill your babies when you've given up on the revenge kick already? Like, you're leaving him alone. You're, you fucked off to another country. Like, why would he ever bother to come after you? You know, maybe because you killed his kid, Shh, I guess. But, like, like, wouldn't you then get your opportunity to kill him at that point? Like, I don't understand why... Like, that was a driving motivation. Like, why not leave? You think that that would be inspiration for him to, like, continue on the boat instead of jumping off it to go right back to what he was doing before. It was it was kind of a weird character decision, I thought. They, that could have been, I don't know. It, it could have been written differently. I thought that was kind of a writing error more so than, um, than anything else. Just kind of a weird decision to have that happen with the character. Yeah. I, I don't disagree with you on that. Very strange. Um, there's a... Uh... There's a concept in this movie that they keep touching on, which is like the the myth, the myth making, right? Like every time something that seems like it could be magical is happening, they kind of show it as very mundane and not magical at the same time, right? Like as if he is witnessing the myth unfold. Uh, specifically, there's a scene where he's trying to get a sword um, and... Uh, he has to fight a Draugr in in like an old basement. I don't really know what, like a cave or something. Um, and it shows him defeat the Draugr. And then he looks to his right and it shows him again, just taking the sword from a skeleton. Basically kind of proving that maybe there's not anything magical going on. Um, there's another scene where he gets beaten to within an inch of his life. And he sees himself being carried on the wings of a Valkyrie's horse. And um, then it just shows that Anya Taylor-Joy is the one that rescued him, that it wasn't a Valkyrie. You know, like they take the myth away from it at the same time that they build the myth up. 
And I thought that was an interesting decision. Um, I don't know. How did you guys feel about the the way that they depicted these magical elements in the movie? Uh, I mean, he definitely, they, they definitely heavily implied that he was getting assistance from the gods. I mean, the crows eating away at his bondages, the all of the visions that accurately depicted the future, the whole entire thing of him being able to touch his family's blood and see the world tree, um, the entire sequence of him getting advice from Willem Dafoe's severed head. Um, There's a lot that they're constantly depict gods and magic in this world. They provided enough though, to kind of explain those away. So for like, I think it was the crow one where they ate his bonds that I was like, okay, I think I'm finally getting that there is no magical influence here. That's just what he's picturing as how his story is playing out versus what's really happening. You know, because I was like, okay, so I'm going to have to accept that these birds just knew to eat his bonds. I guess there is a magical element to this story. And then it shows him getting whisked away by Valkyrie. And while that was happening, I was like, is it like him in like a fever dream, like having stolen a horse and ridden off? And then you see that Anya Taylor-Joy has come back for him, which I, Are you I would implying just, that the crows didn't eat his bondages? I'm assuming that Anya Taylor-Joy snuck in and cut his bonds, threw him on a horse and rode off with him. But those same yeah, crows attacked the people that opened the, the barn. Sorry, say that again. The crows attacked the people who opened the barn to go. No, back they and flew fight. out of the thing, and the guys ran and that, off. And they, he wasn't there for that, so, so he would have just pictured that in his own exactly. head. Exactly. That he. I think that this guys, is a self-aggrandizement. Yeah, this is this is exactly what I was picking up on, Brian, too. So yeah, go ahead. there's just constant implications. The him talking to the severed head, it it switched to the guy's voice that was sitting there. Like it wasn't yeah, it's, Willem Dafoe the whole Willem time. Defoe. Yeah. It was the guy. So that guy was literally just talking as if he was Willem Dafoe because he's a, you know, fucking tweaker or whatever. Like, you know, like it wasn't, it wasn't Willem Dafoe's mouth moving or anything. Like it was, was him guy, holding the head and talking as if he was Willem Dafoe. Was that guy Will? Uh, was that Donald Gleason? No, but it looked a lot like him. I thought for a second it was too. It wasn't. Um, um, that and then uh, the Draugr thing that Tyler and I talked about shortly after we walked out of the movie theater. He goes down to get the sword of night or the night sword or whatever. Nightblood and uh, basically walks up to the corpse of the king that is holding it and gets into this Draugr fight. He he plays out this entire fight, but as soon as he kills the guy and takes a sword, he looks over and it's him standing at the Draugr who has not moved at all, and he just takes the sword and walks away. And I I, I thought that was the clearest sign of like, hey, none of this stuff that he's imagining is actually happening. It's just how it's playing out in his head. You know, not that he's crazy, but just that he's like picturing a more mythical like more mythical elements at play in his story than what's actually occurring he sees himself as the main character there's a twist at the end of this movie which if you were watching any part of this movie you knew was coming um where it, it shows that nicole kidman am amless mother was actually the one who created this entire story she's the one that begged for her husband's brother to kill him and become the king because she hated her husband because he didn't love her he didn't love anyone he only lived for battle and yada 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 um and Klaus bang was a way better and nicer um leader um i uh i mean first of all did you guys see this twist coming in the scene where Klaus Bang is carrying Nicole Kidman, you hear laughter. So I was like, oh, she's a part of it, obviously. Not, you thought not, from the beginning that she was a part of it? You, you can hear her laughing when she's screaming. I mean, and then, she's, so I, I don't know. Like, I, I was torn because I thought it was kind of like a um, 
mix between Stockholm syndrome. Like people forget the past. We, I, Brian and I have talked about memory sciences in the past, but like I thought it for sure was that she probably did incite it from the beginning because she was unhappy, but that there were certain parts of her past, like when it immediately happened, she was probably opposed to it, but then she forgot that she was opposed to it because she is happy now. And I so it was just no, I that she was loyal to her children, and so she accepted it her fate. Like I didn't think it was anything about her liking the king. She literally said, "I hated him. I'm the one that got down on one knee and begged." I'm not arguing with how it actually it. played out. I'm saying, like, leading up to the point where she reveals that she was, you know, treacherous or whatever. Like when you see her combing the dude's hair and you know being a good mom to the to the new kids or whatever. I just assumed that she had made those decisions, you know, because she was loyal to her children. That right. she had now, like, regardless of how she had her children, they were still hers, and therefore I was like, okay, she's just accepted her role because she doesn't have a choice. But then we find you find out later that she wanted it the whole time, and she didn't see any problem with it, and I was like, yeah, and that Damn. she even offered him up as sacrifice because she knew that she had to sacrifice him and that she could start again. Yeah, it's fucked up, but I mean, I I kind of was like, okay, cool, because they also explain that Ethan Hawke was a bad person. This 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 person that Amleth felt that he had to avenge was actually a bad person. And that his myth that he's building his legend, his destiny was for the bad outcome. It was not for a good thing to happen. You know what I mean? He was fighting to have a bad thing happen. And then he had to decide like, am I going to avenge this person who is a bad representation of like my family? Like, do I have to? And he does because he's just this white ball of rage, I guess. I mean, It kind of makes you wonder if he's someone, his masculinity, his toxicity of like, this is my destiny and I have to fulfill it. And like his like singular focus on his mission, was it worth it? Because he had to sacrifice his own life with his wife and, you know, his love and his twin children to accomplish his ultimate goal. I'm going to push back. I, I don't think that we see any evidence that suggests that Ethan Hawke's character is any worse than the other king, right? I mean, she has a certain things against them, which right. she's unhappy well, with their marriage. She's un- she says that all he cared about was sleeping with his whores and... Uh, he t- tells Amleth that he raped her, and that's where Amleth came from, that he was a child born of, of like a force rather than of love. I mean, we saw, we saw the new king was going to do the same thing with the slave the blonde slave girl but we didn't see him do it he was going to if she wasn't on a period i mean we don't we don't know um we can assume that that's what he was going to do but um yeah i mean look we don't know that but there definitely are some parallels going on between nicole kidman and and uh Anya Taylor-Joy's characters in this movie specifically in the way that they look their long blonde hair um their their English slave backstory is the same. Um, it's just at different stages. So it's as if it's being repeated, right? It's a cycle, right? The, sto- the story of is being repeated. Um, I, uh, I don't know. I just, I, I, it made me question whether the main character's ultimate goal was one that we, we should be, um, you know, celebrating, right? Like, I, I, it made me question the validity of of his ultimate task in the story. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, that I don't was think, my read on. Yeah, it. I don't it, like. I don't know if this is speaking to the point as much as I think it is, but I think that uh, Nicole Kidman had zero motivation to reveal those things about her role in his father's death and his dad's character. 
if she wasn't being honest. Like For zero, sure. zero incentive because he's literally standing over her as the embodiment of revenge, and she's in a point a point of sheer vulnerability, and all she says is, "Yeah, I fucking did that." Like he was an awful person and I'm justified. Like, why would she lie and put herself in harm's way that way? I just like, she's for sure telling the truth. You yeah. Know? I'm and not saying that such she's a limited being dishonest view. at all. I'm just saying, I don't think that her current husband is any better than her, than her previous one. Yeah. That's fair. I mean, I, I, I don't disagree. That. Um, so let's brush up a little bit to the end here. Cause we're running up on time. Um, there is a, Sword, what is a single take sword fight in the mouth of a volcano between two butt naked men, and we don't see a single penis, which I am very upset by. I uh, I was really hoping for like a flash of lava to come through, and we just like two swinging dongs just fucking flapping around. Just a, just I think a that little that fleck been... of lava lands on somebody, and they're like, <laughs> <laughs> I out. just think that Time that would have been really funny if they're just like well, i mean not f- i mean yeah funny actually i do think it would have been funny if it, like we suddenly just saw and like their their little dicks are just like <laughs> wailing about while they're swinging Look, their swords I mean, clearly what happened was <laughs> they said we're gonna watch the best fight scenes ever recorded and they watched 300 and they watched revenge of the sith and they said let's put these two movies together because that's yeah. all this fight scene was was the most of our fight scene lava and, and with 300 like i was like holy shit but- this is Fucking yeah. epic, but it's 300 combined with the end of Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, sure. I thought it was cool. I liked it. It was, it was my sick. favorite part of the movie. Full you silhouette can... fight, dude. We didn't see much detail at all. Man. Like, that was the only thing I kind of wish it was just a tiny little bit lighter so we could get, you know, just full butt clench. You know, <laughs> I'm just kidding. I wanted no, to see good. the sweat glistening on Alexander Skarsgård's abs. Yeah. Uh, and balls. Um,. <laughs> <laughs> just just two words too far. Two words. Uh, um, uh, that scene where Klaus Bang lands that, that hit on his arm and severs through to the bone of of his uh what is that, the humerus there in the um in the upper arm. That was brutal. It looked uh it looked real and I, I literally like reviled in the seat in, in the in my seat. I ugh. <laughs> like involuntarily like gagged a little bit it was very upsetting to see um i did like that the fight scene ended with one person's head being cut off and the other one being stabbed in the heart um cost bang um i uh i think that he did a really good job in this role he's been he was dracula in netflix's um three-part series of the draculas of the dracula tale if you guys watched that um, he was in a movie called The Square. Um, he's just, I think he's Swedish uh, or Danish, maybe. Uh, he's just, uh, he's a really good actor that um, doesn't get a lot to do in Hollywood, but I think that he probably will continue to have his star rise, even though he's a bit older. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think we can wrap it up there. Did anyone have any final points that they really felt like we didn't, we brushed over or didn't talk about? Uh, yeah, one thing I did want to talk about is the the game that they played. Mm-hmm. I was fascinated by that game. I thought that that kind of was... reminded me of Quidditch a little bit because you have to like hit the hit the ball into the stick or whatever. I'm I'm a it little was lacrosse bit... without any rules. <laughs> yeah, it was lacrosse. They hit sticks and hit a ball towards a fucking goal. It was lacrosse. Yeah, uh, it was <laughs> definitely. Um, I wanted to play it. <laughs> 
I don't know. It looked fun. I'll play with yeah. you. You're going to be beaten to death by I'll a I'll play Viking? with you, buddy. It looks fun, dude. <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know. I don't know if I think it looks fun. <laughs> yeah. That, dude, just picture that guy just getting his face wrecked when he was already on the ground. Like, yeah. what? so unnecessary, bro. Like, like that yep. guy's already down. He just ruined his life. Like, what the hell? Yeah. yeah. That was fucked up. Um. Yeah. Brutal. Very brutal. Um. Okay. Cool. Let's uh let's move on. Um, Jeff, what's clever? What have you been watching, reading, and listening to this week? I oh. watched yeah. Death on the Nile. Mm. Um, the Agatha Christie movie that came out. I think it's on like Amazon Prime or HBO Max or one of the two. Um, I watched it. I thought it was good. I enjoyed it as much as I enjoyed the first one. Um, if you're a fan of of the Hercule Poirot uh, series, then then go watch it. Just say um, that three times fast. No thanks. Uh, what else? Oh, I do uh, want to quickly say that that massive Viking um, in the fight scene, Brian called it in the movie theater. He was like, "Is that half Thor?" And I was like, "I don't think so." It was. I just looked it up. Nice. Sorry. I I know my giant Norwegians. <laughs> I think he's Icelandic as well, actually. Um, Whatever, man. Okay. Uh, so Death on the Nile. Sorry, sorry, Jeff. You you liked yeah, it? I did. Who's the main character of that again. It's uh, uh, Kenneth Branagh. Mustache uh, man. Poirot. Right. The mustache. Yep. Yeah. It's uh yeah again good film. Uh, like I said, I finished Vinland Saga. Uh, I'm looking for a new show to watch. Cool. Um, Bro, I got one for you. Wait till right. my recommendation. Well, you're up. All right, here we go. The hundred. <laughs> On Netflix. You're still watching that? Speaking of which, I need to reconsider my Netflix subscription. Oh, wait. We're all on free on someone else's, but I think it's about to get taken away from us. So, no, maybe oh we need to do God, a conversation dude. on Netflix. Uh, I lost so much money this week on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that Netflix is so much. rough, bro. Anyway. Um, anyway. Um, 100 we've been chipping away at. Uh, Futurama. Been throwing that on. I don't have anything to say about that. We all know Futurama. It's great. Mm-hmm. Um, and threw on Walter Mitty because I'm currently in the process of booking a vacation to Iceland and London and Walter goes to Iceland. So I was like, fuck it. And I threw that on and it's, it's, uh, it holds up. It's a great movie. Yeah. I like that movie a lot actually. Um, so that's, that's all I got for you. Oh, and playing Ark still play Ark on, on PS5. It's super fun. All right. I, Went to the movies a lot this week. I uh, I went and saw a little movie called Everything Everywhere All at Once. And um, I kind of wish I had told you guys to go and see that movie instead of The Northman. Because I really want to talk about it with somebody. Um, this movie was very good. I have not stopped thinking about it since. Um, I actually am thinking about going and seeing it again in theaters. Wow. Um I don't know though because I spent a lot of movie a lot of money at the movie theaters in the last two weeks, um, and I still want to go see the unbearable weight of massive talent, uh, the new Nicolas Cage movie. Um, but I highly recommend everybody go see Everything Everywhere All at Once. Um, Michelle Yeoh is amazing. Uh, Kihai Kwan is in this movie, and you guys would know him better as Short Round from Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom, and he crushes it he's awesome in this movie um 
this is just it's one of the strangest most beautiful comedy action comedies you've seen in a, I've seen in a long time and also just hit my emotional buttons like really hard I the only thing that really makes me emotional in movies is parent child stuff like mother daughter father son uh conversations where they're not they're not connecting I don't you know <laughs> not looking for therapizing here but I'm sure there's a lot to say there um this movie has all of that in a way that like I just 100% fully related to um, on a level I did not expect to. Um, this movie was very punk rock, whereas I felt like the Northman was very like Norwegian black metal, you know? Um, I, uh, yeah, I, I just really liked it and I, I highly recommend that uh, anybody go see it. Um, I can, There's definitely a world where some of you won't like it, um, but it's at least worth watching um, because yeah. just the way that this movie was shot, like the way that they, it's a multiverse movie that is very low budget and very well planned out and everything worked. There was no point in the movie where I felt lost or disconnected. It moves really fast. Um, yeah, I just, I don't know. It was just, it was really good. Uh, it probably is going to be, high up there as my favorite movie of the year um um i do want to mention i I forgot to bring up yesterday i Um, watched sorry i I do want to mention i did watch chaos walking uh i watched that and a couple weeks back yeah i'm gonna throw in a quick spoilers here from anyone that wants to to see this film i'm gonna wait like five seconds i'm just gonna keep talking for a minute but yeah they kill the fucking dog dude That, that that's brutal um I did not appreciate that. It was to- totally unnecessary. Um, yeah, there's something in movies where they say like, "Yeah, don't kill, don't kill animals, and like, don't have a dog murdered, and don't have a cat killed." And if you do that, there has to be a revenge on that person. And I, yeah, there's anyway. a website called DoesTheDogDie.com, and they list mm-hmm. every film where an animal dies. Um, yeah. Uh, other than that, I like the concept of the idea, Brian. The concept of this film is that humans have fled Earth because it's dying and have populated other planets. The humans I really pop- feel like I just got stepped on. I don't know what happened. I was talking about this beautiful movie, and now we're talking about this shitty young adult adaptation that nobody saw and there's not going to be anymore. They, they, they canceled this series. <laughs> Why are we talking about this movie? Go ahead. Sorry. I thought you'd finished. No, go ahead. Um. So anyway, I was playing a game the other day, the guys, and uh, sorry, I thought you both had finished. Oh, wait. Did you, did you have some more? No, go ahead, Jeff. Please talk about just, this I was just going to say it's about a fucking a world where he, men have their thoughts projected so they have no secrets. And it's an interesting watching Tom Holland struggle with trying to control his inner thoughts. I found that part of the film interesting. That's it, assholes. Yeah, so everybody go watch Chaos Walking. Don't watch Everything Everywhere All at Once, that movie that has like 98% on Rotten Tomatoes for like a low-budget multiverse movie. But Okay, one yeah, of them you can watch for free right now. The other one you can't, so. Fair. Yeah. Counter. I, I guess. I guess that's fair. Um, cool. Well, uh, I also got Apple Plus finally. So I've been making my way through a bunch of stuff on that. And I will say, if you're looking for a, a new series – the we crashed dramatic adaptation 
is actually really good. It's based on the podcast that I recommended a couple, uh, couple like, like a year ago, and the and the documentary that was based on that that we all watched the WeWork documentary, and um, it is Jared Leto, who I have made fun of a lot and don't really like as an actor. Probably in his best performance I've seen him give. He like it's like the perfect role for him because it's like a vapid, <laughs> charming but morally empty man who is really self-serving and really only in it for himself and kind of just says nothing all the time and is kind of like oh this is just Jared Leto with an accent um, and he crushes it because it's basically just uh, him playing himself or my or what I assume him to be. Um, and then, uh, Anne Hathaway plays, um, I, I can't, fuck, I cannot remember, uh, the woman's, his wife's name for some reason. Um, and she crushes it too. Um, they find the humanity in these soulless and empty human beings, um, and really portray it in a way that it's like, you can be sympathetic, but they don't gloss over how terrible these people are and how fucked up they were to other people and how they ruined all these other people's lives by making them believe in something that just didn't exist um I don't, if you're looking for something i i blasted through it i really liked it a lot and the whole series is out on apple plus so highly high recommend on that as well and everything everywhere all at once everybody should go see it I'm just gonna say that again everybody should go see it all right speaking um one more thing that I just remembered because it's been a while since I recorded. Um, did I mention that I finished the dropout, that Hulu show about Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos? I don't that, know. That finally wrapped up. Uh, go watch it. It's phenomenal. Uh, probably my favorite role that I've seen, Amanda Seyfried in. Um, Good. Really, really insightful into the, the decline of Theranos. You didn't like her in that weird Red Riding Hood movie that she was in? <laughs> I watched that movie. It was very bad. It was like, a, it was like trying to be Twilight, but it was terrible. Um it was a long time ago. Sorry, I shouldn't have brought it up. Theranos. You yeah. liked it. No, it's, should go it's watch it. Really Maybe good. You should all watch it. It's uh, insane. And the same in the same vein of what you were just talking about, which is what it reminded me of it. Just watching yeah. these people really, really decline morally and see where they started and what they wanted and, and you know how they worked themselves into this position of optimism and hope that carried them through into legitimately hurting people. Um, yeah. It's like a, a special version of like psychosis that's like that we're seeing unfold in like the startup community, mm-hmm. which is it's just like these people who are like able to morally bankrupt themselves into believing in them in themselves so hard because they want to succeed and they're they're charismatic or charming or convincing enough that people follow them unwittingly uh, and uh they just end up getting screwed because there's just nothing behind the words. It's just all buzzwords and, 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 and lies really. Um, it's really upsetting, but it, it's very fascinating to watch. Um, so I might, because I liked, we crashed, uh, so much, I may throw on the dropout. Um, cool. Well, uh, for the listeners out there, there's a lot of recommendations for you to check out. Um, what did you think of the Norseman North Northman? Um, yeah, there's like a 1970s film called The Norseman. Don't watch it. Go watch The Northman, not The Norseman. Um, there's also the that that TV show, The Norseman, which is like a Swedish TV show that's basically like a sitcom, but with Vikings in it. You guys remember that? Or you know what I'm talking about? 
It's like with anyway. the Netflix one. Definitely not. Yeah. Called, definitely not called the Norsemen. Or it might is be it Norse, not? Norsemen plural. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I thought it was. Anyway, doesn't matter. Find it. That it's pretty funny. Um, that, no, that show's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. All right. Cool. Let us know what you thought. Is there a better movie that I should go see? If you went and saw uh, the uh, unbearable weight of massive talent instead of these other two movies that I've just recommended, hit me up and let me know what you thought. We are at Clever Kids Pod on Instagram. Actually, I have this end sting that's going to come up and tell you where everything is. So I'm just going to let that play. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. Bye. Bye, guys.